Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Last call for alcohol. This is our mini-series called Last Call, where once a month we will go to a different state in alphabetical order and talk about somebody that is on death row there. If they no longer have the death penalty in that state, then we will talk about a past death row inmate. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in. Welcome back to Murder and Mimosas. I'm Danica. And I'm Shannon. Currently in Alabama, there's 166 death row inmates. Of those 166, only five are female, and one of them is Heather Keaton. Okay, so who is Heather Keaton, and can you tell me why is she on death row? Yeah, so to know about Heather Keaton and why she's ended up on death row, we have to start back in October of 2008 when Keaton met John DeBlaze online and they started dating. At the time, John DeBlaze was still married to Kareen Heathcock. Um, should be a red flag. Yeah, red flag. <laughs> uh, he had two children with Corinne, Natalie, who was three in 2008, and Jonathan Chase, who was two in 2008 and just went by Chase. So that's how we'll refer to him throughout this episode. John DeBlaze and Corinne had a troubled marriage. Couldn't imagine <laughs> why. And Corinne ended up having an affair with a friend of John's. They separated and John moved into his parents' house and he filed for divorce in May of 2009. Children lived with him, and in June of 2009, he was awarded full physical custody. But for a while, there was visits with their mom. During 2009, Heather Keaton became ill and no longer could continue her classes at Spring Hill College in Mobile, Alabama, so she moved back to Kentucky. After she recovered from her, her illness, which I could not find in any of the court documents or anywhere else what that illness was, she went back to Mobile and moved in with DeBlaze, his two kids, and DeBlaze's parents, Richard and DeBlaze. However, it did not take long before Heather Keaton and John's mom, Anne, were arguing over how to care for two children. According to the court documents, Anne testified that she was troubled by an incident in which she saw Keaton put the children in, quote, timeout by putting them, this is a quote from her, duct tape on their hands behind their backs where they couldn't move around. In July of 2009, Richard DeBlaze, John's dad, told Heather Keaton to move out of their house. Wow. So it sounded like he should have kicked her butt out of their house. But how do you even do that to someone's kids? Uh, That's just baffling. Yeah, I have no idea. I can't even imagine. So in December of 2009, John DeBlaze, Heather Keaton, and the two kids all moved in with Dana Mullins. I was unable to find a relationship to... Like, their relationship to Dana Mullins and any of the court documents, if it was family, friends, I couldn't find that. They didn't stay with Dana long, though, and in January of 2010, they left Dana's and stayed with one of DeBlaze's friends. One of those friends, Heather Rios, testified that Keaton said, quote, she did not want to help raise DeBlaze's children, and that on separate occasions and to separate people, Keaton had referred to the children as, quote, demon spawns from hell and the, quote, spawn of Satan. Oh, so she wasn't fond of the children, I gather. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. Keaton also said that Natalie, which is a little girl, was, quote, a discipline problem who thought she was a princess and needed to be taught that she wasn't. Keaton and DeBlaze 
argued often, and eventually got kicked out by Heather Rios and her husband. Sometime during all this moving around, Heather Keaton became pregnant with DeBlaze's child. In late January of 2010, the four of them, Keaton, DeBlaze, and the two kids, visited a friend of DeBlaze, Roger Champion. He and his family were relocating soon and agreed to rent their trailer to Keaton and DeBlaze. In February of 2010, the four of them moved again, this time to Unit 4, 41, I apologize, at Peach Place Apartments. It is speculated they moved a- again to the apartments because John's parents had found out they were living at the trailer and stopped by unexpectedly, which is super innocent. They actually just wanted to bring the kids their Christmas gifts. So, mm-hmm. Nicole Corniff managed the apartments and testified to children outside the apartment. Testified that they saw the children outside the apartment unattended in the parking lot adjacent to a high-traffic street often, as well as seeing Chase often with a saggy diaper. She made the comment that they, quote, always looked pale and sickly. She said she and some of the other apartment residents were concerned about the children's welfare. So they were concerned, but did anybody call protective services? No, not that anybody testified to, at least. So not too concerned. Right. The first week of March 2010, Keaton, DeBlaze, and Chase ran into the Rioses at Walmart. The Rioses, of course, asked where Natalie was, and they were told she was staying with some friends. They were shocked by the state Chase was in, saying on the stand that he looked emergency room sick. Heather pushed DeBlaze to call the doctor, which he did, but what he told the clinic was just that Chase was having diarrhea. So without seeing Chase, the clinic recommended Gatorade unless it got worse. In mid to late July of 2010, DeBlaze and Keaton were evicted from the Peach Place apartments. After being evicted, they moved to Louisville, Kentucky, into an apartment that Heather Keaton's mom, Helena Keaton, owned. They told Keaton's family that the two kids were staying with DeBlaze's family in Vegas. On August 25th of 2010, Heather Keaton gave birth to her and DeBlaze's daughter. Right, because those two need another kid. Yeah, a few months later, in November of 2010, DeBlaze was arrested. Thank God, finally. Yeah, but not for the kids. He got arrested (laughs) for running a stop sign, having no vehicle registration, and a few other traffic violations. Oh, Lord. He was taken to jail, and his van was impounded. The day after this happened, Helena, which is Heather's mom, heard her daughter and DeBlaze arguing over the phone. Helena became concerned and asked her daughter about it. Her daughter, Heather, tells her mother that the kids had died. Natalie had something happen in the spring, and Chase had something happen on Father's what? Day. Yeah. Helena can, just comes up? Yeah. Just, hey, um, just I some forgot stu- to tell you. Just some stuff happened. Helena confines in her boyfriend, who turns to a retired cop buddy of his. The cop buddy contacts the Louisville Metro Police Department, finally, to do a welfare check on Keaton. And I'm assuming the baby, but the court records don't mention the baby. The officer saw no sign of a struggle, but Keaton did ask to go stay with her mom. So Keaton went that day to, with her mom to meet with Lieutenant Thompson while DeBlaze packed a bag to leave and went to stay with a friend in Florida. Keaton admitted to Lieutenant Thompson that the children had died a few months prior. Before we go into detail about how the kids died, we're going to play a short clip from the Mobile County District Attorney, Ashley Rich. She gives a quick overview of how the two were treated. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents 
Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. It's a horrific person who could do these unimaginable things to children. I mean, duct tape, uh, broomsticks, uh, uh, locked in, in suitcases and in closets, in the dark, alone, afraid, tortured, starved, um, poisoned. Okay, Shannon, I know that was the first time you heard the clip. What are your thoughts? That's devastating. To, I mean, you and I both have degrees for early childhood, and we love kids, so I don't, that's just baffling. I can't imagine being with anybody that would do that. I would kill somebody if they touched my kids like that. I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, I know. It's. I just. I don't know. It makes me sick to think that they did this to these two little kids. And they're precious. They are so precious. I mean, all kids are precious. But if you get the chance to look at their pictures, they're just so adorable. Yeah, we'll have them on our Instagram. They're the cutest little kids. So. Buckle up for this next part, y'all, because it is disturbingly heartbreaking. Like, I just gave you that small clip that kind of is just a quick overview because I wanted you guys to have that information. Because if you struggle with hearing about child abuse, I want you to go ahead and, like, fast forward because we're going to get in-depth to what happened. There is no sexual assault, but it's still really rough. So, Keaton confessed to the, the following to Lieutenant Thompson about the death of Natalie. Heather said that a few days before Natalie died that her breath had a toxic smell, that she was urinating and defecating on herself and was vomiting up, quote, black stuff. They did not seek medical care for Natalie for any of these things, obviously. On March 4th, DeBlaze left for college classes he was taking, and because they didn't want to clean up Natalie, they put her on a tarp in a closet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Keaton claims she called DeBlaze out of concern for Natalie and urged him to take her to a hospital. She alleged that he told her she, he would check on Natalie when he got home. But when he arrived home, Natalie was unresponsive after spending six to eight hours locked in the closet. Wow, you can tell that's some concern, though. Six to eight hours locked in a closet. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say they didn't call 911 or anything. No, you would be correct. Instead, they load Natalie into the back of their van, drive her to a wooded area, and dispose of their body. Keaton really plays herself as a victim during her confession and on the stand, even testifying that DeBlaze would take her cell phone with him anytime he left the apartment and would physically restrain her if she tried to leave the apartment. However, just before, she'd also testified to calling him from the apartment the day Natalie died, so that's not really adding up. So that was early March of 2010. We're going to jump forward just a little bit to June 20th of 2010, which was Father's Day weekend. The same type of fate was in store for Chase, in which he showed physical signs that he needed medical attention. Those were ignored until he finally passed. They again loaded Chase's body into the van and dumped his body in the woods. Keaton was arrested for child abuse and extradited to Mobile County. DeBlaze was picked up in Florida, and on the way to Mobile, he directed Lieutenant Boykin and Sergeant Prynne to a spot just off Beverly Jeffries Highway. He indicated the general area where he disposed of Natalie's body. They then proceeded to Highway 57, north of Van Cleve, Mississippi, 
where DeBlaze thought he disposed of Chase's body. Okay, I'm just still, I'm, they're just disposing of their bodies. There's no funeral. They think they've got grandparents or aunts, uncle. Nobody's going to wonder where these kids are. Or, I mean, as a grandparent, I'm going to be asking all the time to speak to my grandkids. Like, I, none of this is adding up or making sense to me. Right. Well, I mean, they have, they moved as soon as DeBlaze's parents found out where they were. So obviously, they're not letting his parents anywhere near the kids. I don't think Heather's parents were really involved with the kids. Um, but, well, obviously, when her mom found out, she went to the police immediately. Thank God somebody had some sense here. I know. So DeBlaze, really realizing that Keaton already spoken to the police, because his first initial thing was that two masked uh, men came in, took the children or killed the children, something along those lines. <laughs> and the police were like, now jigs up. Keaton's already told us everything. So he gave these following events. Um, and in his confession for Natalie's death on March, March 4th, he said that Keaton had wrapped Natalie's arms and legs with duct tape, which she's obviously known to do. Wow. Can he just let her do that to his little girl? This is so freaking sick. Yeah, Natalie was unable to move her hands or legs apart, and Keaton put her in a suitcase. DeBlaze claimed the suitcase was open when he left and that Natalie was alive. The bounding of the tape and putting Natalie in the suitcase was in Keaton's form of discipline for Natalie. Wow. I could look into some other forms of discipline. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> oh, Lord. Keaton confessed that when he got home, he found the suitcase zipped shut in a closet, that Natalie was dead, and her body was already cold and stiff with her jaw locked open like Keaton had shoved something in her mouth to keep her quiet. Oh, my gosh. That poor baby. I know. DeBlaze had some events Surrounding Chase's death that also differed from Keaton's, he alleged that Keaton duct-taped Chase to a broom handle on the evening of June 19th, 2010, so that was a day before he died. DeBlaze explained that it was Keaton's way of disciplining Chase due to his lack of success in potty training. Yeah, Heard lots of potty that. training trips. That's not one. And I don't, I'm not getting the broom handle, how that is going to help at all, but I mean, I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around hers or think like her, so... Right. So he was taped rigidly to the broom handle, handle, was unable to move his arms or legs, and then Keaton just placed Chase in the corner of the bedroom, wedged him between a wall and a dresser. Oh, my gosh. A tarp was put under Chase's feet so that they didn't have to clean him up. DeBlaze claims he took a sleeping pill to help him sleep in the same room where Chase was stood up in the corner. Oh, my gosh. These, these are awful, awful people. I know. Parents, whatever you want to call them. They're monsters. monsters. The next morning, Father's Day, DeBlaze woke up to find Chase still taped to the broom with a sock stu stuffed in his mouth and tape all around his face. Chase, of course, was dead. So Chase's body was put in a garbage bag. And later, Keaton and DeBlaze transported him in the back of the van to Mississippi and left his body in the woods. Okay. So what about their actual child? What's going on with their child? So their child has not been born yet oh, okay. when these not events, okay. not until August, and this okay. is June. Okay. DeBlaze claimed that he allowed this to happen to his children because he was, quote, blinded by love. Oh, my gosh. So definitely look her up and look at what is got him blinded by love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... He, let, he claims he was blinded by love, so he let Keaton treat his children how she wanted. This included other tortures, 
like putting poison in their sippy cups, antifreeze to be exact, but antifreeze in their sippy cups, starving them, beating them with belts. Um, at one point, I know someone testified in the court documents that Natalie was moving her head while Heather was trying to brush her hair. So she like smacked her in the head with the brush. Lots of other horrendous acts. I'm not even going to all of them because there's so many different ones. These children were tortured. So there's all these testimonies on the stand that nobody ever tried to get these kids help. Right. That's the part I think that blew my mind the most about this case is these children could have been saved. Yeah, they definitely needed some people in their corner. So on December 8th of 2010, a search was conducted in the area that DeBlaze claimed to have dumped Chase's body. A member of the search party ended up finding scattered human remains in the woods. Along with that was, along with what were presumed and later confirmed through DNA in a tooth to be Chase's remains. There were pieces of gray duct tape near where the skull was found. A sock was attached to the tape, pieces of a garbage bag, training pants, and a diaper. There were blonde hairs found attached to the duct tape. An officer testified at trial that a piece of the duct tape was found and that when retaped together formed the dimensions of a child's head. The duct tape would cover a child's entire face with only the nose exposed. And the sock attached to the tape aligned with the location of the boy's mouth. Oh my gosh, these are these are really sick people. Oh yeah, I know. It's just I just I don't I can't I can't I have no words. No. A few days later, on December eleventh of two thousand ten, the same type of search was conducted for Natalie's remains. They found her remains as well and confirmed with DNA of a tooth, like they did with Chase. Dr. Turner, the doctor who performed the autopsy, was unable to determine the cause of death for either child because of the condition of the remains. Um, As well as she didn't have all the remains in both cases because they were in the woods. Some of the bones weren't found. Animals, weathering, things like that. They, They weren't all there together. She did rule the manner of death, though, for both children to be homicidal violence. Yes. The jury in DeBlaze's trial in 2015, 11 of the jurors recommended that Keaton be sentenced to death and one recommended that she be sentenced to life without parole. Her um, lawyers argued the mitigating factors for Keaton was that she's bipolar, blind, and was kicked around from house to house and school to school when she was a child. And I'm not sure that I talked about her being blind. She does. She's not fully blind. She does have a hard time seeing because of a degenerative disease in her eye, but she's not fully blind. Well, she knows how to get some duct tape, no matter how well she sees. Right. However, despite those factors, the Mobile County Circuit Court Judge Stout sentenced Keaton to death by lethal injection. It was the same sentence Blaze had gotten a few months earlier in his trial. Which they both deserve. But sadly, hearing her upbringing, you would think she would be so sympathetic to these kids and want to give them a good home instead of the way she treated them. And really, I mean, I understand these are mitigating factors, but if I'm just thinking like there are lots of military families that move from house to house and school to school and they're not, I don't know, poisoning children and taping them to broomsticks and shoving them in suitcases. So I don't feel like that's really a mitigating factor. And I don't know how being blind is mitigating to child abuse. So obviously, you know, those mitigating factors were Useless. But plot twist! The court strikes down Keaton's death sentence in 2020. The Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals ruled that Keaton did not have a chance to address the court prior to her sentencing in 2015. So Keaton faced a hearing on October 13th 
2020 in Mobile County Circuit Court, where she will be re-sentenced for a capital murder conviction. So does she get a whole new trial and everything? Not exactly. The court said the following. The trial court is not to hold a full capital conviction sentencing hearing, which has already occurred. Instead, the court will allow her to speak, take into consideration anything she may say, and sentence her to either death or life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Despite whatever was said in her hearing, because I couldn't find that part, she was again sentenced to death row. She and DeBlaze still have appeals that they're exhausting, but thus far, no other appeals from either one have gone anywhere for them. They will either die by lethal injection or in prison. As they should. Oh my gosh, this is devastating. I just, I hate this. Yeah, this one was the first case I had to step away from when researching because I got sick to my stomach when I started looking at the abuse that these children like went through for no real reason. I mean, even the children's mom talks about in court that before DeBlaze met Keaton, he was a good father. So it's just like, had this not happened, had Keaton not been in his life, or DeBlaze had a big enough backbone to be like, hey, don't duct tape my children. Any, I don't know something but it just it also was hard like I got angry reading these court records and I'm like oh yeah some do this some do this and they looked awful and I was a little worried but like not worried enough to do anything I'm just they were babies they were there were so many people that could have and should have protected them and they did and then I mean if I was their mom and I'm not blaming any of them I know that they aren't the ones that abuse these children, but no. if I was their mom, I'd be calling a welfare check or their grandparents. I who, mean, where, where was their mom in all this, by the way? I, I didn't do any of the research or any. So any I went looking and I can't find where she was other than she said she hadn't seen them in over a year, which she didn't have physical custody of them. So I guess, I don't know. I don't know where she was. She shows up in a few interviews. But they're just real short. Well, honestly, as many times as they knew, she probably can't keep up with them. Right. As I was say, you have, I guess for a welfare check, you have to know where they live. And That's true. as soon as his parents found out, they were like, we're moving. Because I don't think, it never said they were evicted from the trailer they were living in before they moved to the apartments. Just, it was very shortly after his parents showed up unexpectedly. Um, but yeah, nobody called the police or protective services. The kids weren't in school yet, so... You know, the school couldn't call or anything, but it's just insane to me that this happened. I'm glad they're on death row. I think that's where they should be. I don't think any of their other appeals are going to go through. It's just a really, really sad case. We will have a picture of both of the sweet babies on our Instagram. We'll also put a picture of the two freaking monsters on there, too. But um, you don't even have to look at them. Just look at the babies because they're, they're so – they're just – blue-eyed, blonde-haired babies. They, they look so happy in all the pictures. I'm sure none of those pictures were taken during this time. But, I mean, I hate Keaton, and I hate DeBlaze equally as much for not having a backbone for his own kids, yeah. you know? I could not find what happened to their child. Obviously, they're both in prison. I can't find if who they went to the state or went to one of their parents all I know is just that. that child was abused. So when was this baby born? Was it during the trial? The baby was born. No, the baby was born in August. So right before they moved in with her mom. Okay. So the baby wouldn't have been very old when 
she got arrested, but the trial didn't happen until like almost five years after they arrested. So yeah, but we will have those pictures on our Instagram. Like I said, that is murder.mimosas. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we mostly just post really funny memes on there, but they're funny. And you can find us there at murder.mimosa. If you want to email us a case, you could do so at murder.mimosas at gmail.com. If you have a death row case in your state, send them our way. Next is Arizona, Alaska. I don't know, y'all. It's, it's another A state. That's all I got. It's an, it will be an A. We will still be at the A's. Uh, if you are enjoying the series, let us know so we know if it's worth continuing. We don't want to do 50 states if you're like, this is a terrible series and we hate it. <laughs> if you would leave us reviews on iTunes, rate and review us. and A five-star review. Right. We only accept five <laughs> stars. If it's anything less, don't even bother. And you could do that on Spotify, too. Again, we only accept five stars. <laughs> and we are adding Pandora. If you like to listen on Pandora, I know someone who would. Joyce listening that way. That should be up by now. And Facebook. We are on Facebook as well. Murder and Mimosas Podcast. You can find us on there. We're actually both on there. I run all the... I run all the Instagram and the Twitter, but Shannon is also on Facebook, so you can talk to us both. So if you hate me and you just want to talk to her, you can do that on Facebook. Sorry, we needed to laugh after that one. That was a really happy one, y'all. Yeah, that was rough. That was a really hard one for me. I don't like child abuse and that one was just so much and so I hated researching that one but I think it's important for people to know if you see something just report it especially something if you see someone duct tape a child call the police protect us duct tape should not be used for discipline it is abuse okay if we're taking anything away from today duct tape equals abuse period you do not have to be a mandated reporter to actually report people no. who are hurting children. No, you don't. Please, please, please do not. I don't allow people to do this to your child. No, I mean, oh, my I gosh. That's the thing I can't get. I can't imagine doing anything to children, but especially your own and seeing that. That's just. Yeah. That blows me away. I can't even imagine that. Maybe it's because she is blind. She can have to see it. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean, y'all. Anyway, so we will have our regular episode next week. It won't be one of our, the, the series for Death Row. So be sure and check that out. Until then, have a mimosa on us. Bye. Bye.